Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's seize it now and get hype. We talking about our career. Yes, we're back. Sitting in our studios here. This is the Real 45 podcast. I'm Greg Hancock. What's your name? I'm Stefan Yanel. I think I ask you that every week. Yeah, I haven't changed it yet. No, and this is the funny part, because I, I don't ever listen, right? I just go with it and forget, and then I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, what was that again? And then you're always pretty good to remind me yeah. and look at me with that, that blank look, like, are you stupid? Didn't you say, ask me this last week, too? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was happening in my head. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I can read your mind, though. I'm yeah. a mind reader. So here we are, episode number 33, titled as Speedway of Nations. Yes. And that's pretty much for one reason, because the Speedway of Nations, which I know you're a huge fan of, this is like, you've been waiting for this, right? Yeah. You're yeah like, absolutely. You're the biggest Speedway fan of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Speedway of Nations is actually something very new to all of us. So we're being sarcastic right now in case you people didn't know that. But yeah, it's just but, how I am. Yeah. What, when is it coming? It's We're starting this weekend. Oh. These is at the 2nd, 2nd of June. And the American team drew their qualifying round in Tetro, Germany. And um, this is kind of, it's a new system. We've had this speedway, the, the team, world team or world cup, they've called it for the last, I don't know how many years. And they've changed the format now, suddenly, out of nowhere. Everything changed completely, and they've created a whole new system that's going to pretty much open the door for many different countries, big or small, to actually be a part of this and be competitive and uh, potentially get to a final, which is a two-day final. The old format was you had two semifinals. It was basically four, uh, four countries in one semifinal. Four countries in another semifinal, and the host country, wherever the final was going to be, the host country, whether it's Sweden, Denmark, Poland, England, the hosting country is seated directly to the final. So then you have two semifinals where uh, of groups of four that play off. The first place of each semifinal goes directly to the final. Second and third place in each round go to a race-off. Ah. And then in the race-off, the winner of the race-off goes to the final. Okay. Joined by the two winners of the first two semifinals and the seeded country, who is the host nation. Now, they've changed it uh, to what they call the Speedway of Nations, and it's more of a like a pairs event. The old World Cup was uh, teams of four riders and one reserve. Now we're teams of two riders with one reserve, and the reserve has to be under 21. Oh, that's so cool. Encouraging the youth of tomorrow, mm-hmm. of today, however you want to look at it. And the American team, which is, we've had a hard time over the last five, seven years to create a, a, a strength and depth type of a team of four riders that can go into an event and go all the way to the final. We've been in the finals, but we've also been very, very close numerous times. And we tend to get out of the semifinal okay, and then we get to the race off, and we've 
given them a run for their money many times, and and sometimes we haven't been in the running for the for the money either. Now, it's it's the Speedway of Nations, a pairs event more or less, mm-hmm. and two semifinals, so to speak. I, I you know what I'm not too up on exactly how they're they're classifying this, but it's something that has been put forward to me very recently. I hopped out of the American team from last year, uh, said I would no longer be involved because I thought it was better to let the kids, or the, I shouldn't say the kids, but the, the young guys to take over and, and hold down the fort. Mm-hmm. And this year, it's with the Speedway of Nations, the way it's come in, Lance King, our team manager from the U.S., has been very influential in trying to build a team that could be competitive and he asked me early on, I said, no, I'm not interested. And he came back to me, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> and he's been back and forth, and he doesn't give up, you know. And Lance and I are really good friends. We've been buddies for many, many years. And now he's he pretty much at a late stage came back again and said, listen, I have an idea, and I have a plan, and you're in that plan. And I hope that you will listen to what I have to say. And... Let's try to put something together. I want to see you back in the world team. I want to work with you. And I think for a, we have a really good chance to go all the way to the final if we do it this way. And uh, basically, he said, I would like to have you, and I would like to have Luke Becker, who has been working with you from the start of the season. And you know, you guys have been helping him to kind of get his feet wet in Europe, and we see his progress is, is showing. So... What are the chances of having him involved, you guys, with your your new team concept with Hancock High and putting together some new packages for potential marketing to make some money Mm -hmm. and support the future of the sport, but also to really market the the American team and and try to put something more into it, more effort, more finance, and show the world that we are a, a future driving force, a true future driving force. What do you say? So back and forth discussions, and I said, well, you know, I'm. that is kind of interesting. Let me discuss it with my lead guy, Raphael Hyde, and see if he's interested in this and how can we support it and get support from existing sponsors, new sponsors, and we've been hard at it now for, for about four or five weeks uh, trying to to develop some interest, and uh, it's starting to come. People are starting to show the interest, but they're not really sure where we're going with it. So, we will run as the Team USA under the Hancock High Grand Prix banner. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally, the whole idea was to to jump in, and and uh, myself and Luke Becker would be the only two guys in the team. There's not really any place for a reserve rider if we do it this way, because uh, there's not many under 21 kids uh-huh. that have the potential that that even Luke has, but I think having a guy like him in the squad and being young, being young, being very aggressive at this stage, quick learner, and he's he's hopped over, hopped across the water to to chase the dream, you know, and and become uh, yeah future world champ hopefully. So it all sounds really good and. Then recently, very recently, 
he has uh, his first option to he made an agreement to ride for Brost in Denmark in the in the Danish first division. Had his first race last weekend in Holstead in Denmark. First heat, first corner. Has a tangle with one of the other younger riders in the team, which basically sets him up for a, a beeline shot straight into the fence. And uh, goes down pretty hard. It was a spectacular crash. And came away with a dislocated shoulder. No. Which completely throws a, a, a damper on the whole plan from, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stop right there. Because we... Have Luke. Luke, into the show. Yeah, I'm You're back. Right. Uh, this is the third time being on the podcast. So, like I was telling Greg, I'm starting to feel a little special now. Oh, you're special. <laughs> Trust me, you're special. <laughs> you're a three timer. Yeah. No. Um, no. Everything's everything's been going good. It's yeah. Clearly had a little hiccup in the road right now. Um, went to well, just to start off, it was kind of a long journey to even get to Denmark with uh, having flights canceled and have to take buses and and uh, have to get hotels from flights getting canceled and finally getting to Poland a little later than expected and getting bikes all built up and and ready to go for the race and then hopping and rented a van, hopping in the van for about, I think it was 10 hours or so to get there with, end up happen, having a guy help me out, a, a guy from Poland and doesn't doesn't speak too much of English and kind of not really any in so um he he knows how to get the job done being a mechanic doing everything bike wise so he was huge help and couldn't have done it without him we're kind of in the spot looking for someone to go with me so for him to step in and say the okay to help us out and and go with me that was just a real um real big help and huge shout out to him for doing that but yeah, no, we made the journey there and uh, drove all, all throughout the night to get there and finally get there and go out for my first heat, first first heat on the track, first corner and come out of gate two and had another rider out of gate one and kind of just leaned on him a little bit. And yeah, like Greg said, I had a slight little tangle up and ended up shooting me straight into the fence and walking away with a dislocated shoulder. So it was... Definitely a main thing right now, especially with Speedway Nations coming this Saturday. And, of course, just super bummed I can't make it. And I was really, really excited for this and to be teamed up with Greg. And, like, he's been basically my idol ever since throwing my leg on a Speedway bike. So to be teamed up with him in this big of a competition, which is almost treated like a GP with how big it is and on live TV and, everyone watching so I was really looking forward to it and now this happened that you know that's that's racing you can't really uh, dread on it you got to take what you can from it and and learn from it all whether than thinking about the negative parts of it and what you're where you're gonna come away with it come come away with it as and yeah no I'm super bummed that can't make it but you know I'm still gonna be there and supporting the team and gonna gonna have my face show myself there and hopefully give them best of luck and as much encouragement as I can to do the best that they can and hopefully go all the way and make it to the final how, how do you feel now 
How is the shoulder? I mean, it's it's pretty sore. It's only about three days afterwards, so it's still really sore and not not really getting any better right now. I'm still feeling the way it has been, but it's only been three days, so I wasn't really expecting to feel a lot better, ready to go yet. But now, even right after it happened, we were kind of thinking about just seeing how I feel midweek. The doctors and everything said that I shouldn't even be out of the sling for about two weeks just to let it fully heal and don't want to risk anything else happening and say even just a, just riding it popping out but if I were to get in a crash or anything like that I could really screw it up and potentially need surgery so I don't want to risk anything like that and no it it's it's better to even though I'm having to step out for it, it's better and thinking about the bigger picture and everything else I got going for me with the under world under 21 championship coming up and the AMA nationals back home and some new contracts that I'm just working out and kind of need to make sure I'm fully fit for those and not rush myself to get out there early and potentially mess mess things up more and maybe even put me out for the whole season so I'm I'm fortunate right now we went to the doctors and got x-rays done after the meeting and Fortunately, didn't have any broken bones or I didn't end up damage any like nerves or anything like that. I just dislocated it and had it put back in. And now just a process of letting it heal and not trying to rush it, getting on a bike sooner than sooner than I should be and messing messing things up even more. And plus, I don't I don't really want to go out for this big of a race and have have this a lot of pressure on me and not really be able to ride to my full potential and not be 100% and not only for me but for the team as well I want I don't want to go out there and say something happened where I have to pull out the meeting halfway through or or anything like that and then like affect the results and the team team USA getting into the final so definitely having someone come in that can give 100% and give it their all that's I think that's a better option not just for me not not uh thinking the bigger picture wise but for overall for team usa yeah but you're you can hear you know in your voice too that's uh you talk about the pressure or or not letting people down you're you're putting way more pressure on yourself than the pressure that's actually on you yeah mm-hmm. in that way and that's what makes you special <laughs> you know because you're probably one of your own worst critics in in such a way and you're taking this as such a serious motivational thing which is this is what we'd all like to hear and i'm the first one to tell you like dude there's no pressure this is like all opportunity but the fact that you're putting that kind of of pressure on yourself or that that demand says everything yeah because you want to succeed and a lot of times things are going to go good you're going to win a lot of races you're going to lose a lot of races and uh, you, you just learn from every one of them. This yeah. is just going to be great because you're rolling with it, and you've been doing so many things lately. You've been riding so many different bikes, engine combinations, chassis combinations. You know, we're still looking at other ideas for you too that we think can even be better for you and your size and all that kind of stuff. That for me, it's like even more motivating because I'm looking at you, going, I see so many things that maybe. I can't make him like me, you know. I can only throw ideas at him and try this and try that. And I keep telling him, "Do you got to ride like this and ride like this? See this picture of how I did it like this." And then I think, see how he reacts to it. 
Uh-huh. It's kind of cool. How does it feel to to have this kind of what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the information right from a champ. <laughs> Basically, getting the advice from. The real Advice, Greg yeah. Hancock right here. The real, yeah. As the his real mom, Greg his mom Hancock. calls me the real <laughs> Greg Hancock. Yeah. No, but I mean, is it, is it like you're, you're testing all the things that he says? So it's like you just process it and it's like, and make it your own. Yeah. No, I mean, luckily me and him are, me and Greg are really similar with how our height and just how, how we kind of ride on the bike overall and everything that he's telling me and trying to force into me to make, to make me adapt to and change little things in my style it all makes like perfect sense and even just hard to do huh? yeah even <laughs> even at first like he's we're changing just things like slight things on the bike like seat heights and peg heights and bars and and all those little things they, they make a real big impact and just your feeling on the bike and it's kind of he he when i first hopped on him and like dude i don't i don't like this like this does not feel good for me at all like it just feels so awkward and he's like oh this is this is because you're kind of used to something that you shouldn't be used to like what you're yeah like what you're riding back home and everything you're just kind of like making bad habits for yourself and you're used to something you really shouldn't be used to and you're and just saying how he did the same thing growing up and it took a long time to get him to kind of his setups and and Thinking Still the way, learning. <laughs> yeah, thinking the way he does. So I'm, he's just trying to get me to look and realize these things a lot sooner than I, and then taking years and years to adapt to it and just trying to force it in me from the start. And even it took like a couple, probably three weeks or a month or so when I was first over here for the last trip and still just did not, I was telling him like, dude, I just feel so awkward. I do not feel comfortable. And then after forcing myself to ride it for almost like a month and now I'm starting to like see what he's saying and I'm like dude now I'm starting to like it like I'm I'm real starting to see what you're saying now and talking about and then even when I went back home for this last national round I first thing I did when I got home was and went in the garage and sat on my bikes that I absolutely loved before I left and when I was over for the first like month all I wanted was my bikes and my setup because that's <laughs> that's what I was used to and what I what I liked and come back home and sit on my bikes I'm just like man I feel so weird on my bikes now now I don't like my bikes now 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 I want those bikes that I was riding over there so now it's um I've just been everything about it just on and off the bike and just adapting to the environment and just the whole racing lifestyle has been learning a lot and yeah no just super fortunate to have someone like Greg right now guiding me and uh aiming me in the right direction for success only it's almost like taking you know in a way brushing your teeth with your right hand and trying to make him brush him with his left hand and in some cases oh, that's you know, it's, hard it's, I it's, to... <laughs> so it's you know and it's the, the one thing that we've been doing recently you know and helping him with and it is like that in one way because i'm really making him take a step back or two steps back to, to make a, a change you know and it's uh you can't do it riding wide open and just change everything. It doesn't work. So the only way to do it sometimes, in my opinion, is to slow down and and uh, rework it and then bring the speed back. Because if you're trying to do it wide open, you're going to end up on your head or you're going to end up in these awkward feelings that he's having. Mm-hmm. And uh, you 
there's nothing wrong with stepping back and looking at it and doing it in another way and then getting it right. And he's already, he's doing it. It took a little bit of time and a few people watch and he feels really awkward because he's having to learn how to ride slow. Mm -hmm. And all he ever wants to do is go fast. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can't ride slow, mm -hmm. then there's no way to ride fast, really. You have to know how to ride slow because that's how that's your control. And it's uh, there's a lot of riders that understand that and a lot of them that don't. So it's been fun working and we've been in Poland a lot, working with some good people and he's spent a lot of time with Maciek Janowski too and now uh, also been riding and been practicing with us in Dakona and working with some really good people there. And of course Peter Carlson who's an absolute wow. legend of the sport has offered some very similar advice and mentioned a lot of the same things. So it makes me feel good that, uh, that we're on the same page, you know. So, uh, and he hears it, not just from me. Exactly. Going, you gotta do like this. No, do like this. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. And then even in some <laughs> situations, Greg will, Greg will tell me to do this and this is what I do. And then I watch him and he does do it sometimes. And I'm like, do it. I just, I just watch you. Look at these videos and everything. Like, you you're not doing what, what what you're telling me. And all he says is, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I mean. Oh, I've I, always I, got to. I'm, I'm quick for the comeback. Like, no, but hey, you know what? You can still see that I put my foot there and I do this there at that point, And then I don't do it like this. And I do do it like that. Yeah. Yeah, no. He, he has, I'm always on him. He yeah, has a way good. to negotiate it or. Yeah. Try to make me still feel stupid. <laughs> oh, don't you remember? One of the first rules when you came in to stay with us was, I'm always right. And yeah. even when I'm wrong, I'm always right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but is it like when, when you actually get used to it and learn it and have it in your, in your body that this is how you should do it, then you can start getting off from it? Because different situations make you do. But you always have this. Yeah. And isn't that kind of in life too, right? No matter what you do, you know, you have to make, if it's a decision making or. Oh yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so but, how, how do you think it has been in, in Europe now? Is it still exciting and fun or is it just. Oh yeah. No, it's just getting even more exciting and fun the more going around especially I got to go watch my first GP of my first GP I've seen in person it was a Warsaw first first round of the GP and oh. man that was just unbelievable like just walking on the track during practice and just looking at the stadium this is the day before the actual race and just blown away like doesn't even feel real almost and I'm going in and I could see like a like Greg's mechanics and and then even Kelly Eamon was there too and like telling him like how just crazy and just unreal this is and they're like, Yeah, well wait till it's wait till it's packed tomorrow with uh, fifty five thousand people almost and sold out stadium, and then you're really gonna be getting that feeling and yeah, then then the day of the race came around and it was just yeah, like I said, it felt unreal just how big racing is over here. Not of course that's probably one of the best venues out of the, out of all the GPs with how many people there and all the fans and everything and like even I was with uh, Kelly Emmett a lot of the time uh, in the pits and during the races and everything and there's even some times where I'm trying to talk to him and I almost can't even hear myself talking it's so loud with these <laughs> Polish fans and Polish fans just crazy off the wall it's just with all their horns and how loud they are and how how much they get into it it's just 
it's, it's so cool to watch and just to witness in person it's doesn't doesn't do the justice watching it on TV like I've like I've been in the past. Uh-huh. No, but yeah, I know everything about it being over here has just been awesome. Literally no complaints whatsoever, even some things that haven't worked out and in like good ways or in my favor, like like the shoulder injury, it's just it's all the learning experience and like I said, that's racing, that's all part of it and can't can't tread on what's in the past and what's happened. You gotta take what you can and learn from it so I'm trying to keep that mindset as as much as possible and no yeah no complaints everything's just been going awesome and just yeah learning a lot the experience has been experience of a lifetime you miss home not at all like (laughs) really (laughs) not at all not at all I mean of course the family the parents and friends and most, mo- almost most importantly, the food. That's a that's the main thing. I mean, hey, be careful. Now. <laughs> be careful now. You're treading on thin ice now, buddy. Yeah, no, <laughs> the food. Yeah, no, the food is something you definitely miss. But I'm not, I'm not too picky of an eater. So ask I, him what he misses, Stefan. What exactly? What is it? <laughs> macaroni well, cheese. No. Macaroni and cheese. No, it's uh, main place is probably the. The in and out that's about almost every Cal- <laughs> California, <laughs> California that, that they uh, <laughs> miss leaving there. But, no, nah, it's it's just it's everything. Like like I was telling Greg, even when I went back last time when I was on the plane going back, it was about a 12-hour flight, and I was thinking, like, oh, yeah, when I come rolling to just come driving into town that I live in, it's probably going to just feel, like, really good. Like, man, I'm back home, and it really wasn't that at all. Like, I was rolling into town, and it just did not feel the same, like, nothing like it nothing like it did be before like it, it didn't really feel like home anymore it's weird like um it's kind of hard to in your land. yeah no it <laughs> felt like almost like there's nothing here for me like i said besides like family and friends and things like that but they definitely didn't miss the racing at all and just wanted to like right when i got came back in town i was already counting down the days till i get to come back over here and bring your pasta running yeah got got a uh, got some other goodies that I eat back home and put put some boxes in my gear bag and stuff the boots and <laughs> yeah no we but I'm already I'm already out of all that food so we're, we're he brought over his his, uh, his some of his favorite dishes uh-huh. in a, it's right out of a box you know mm-hmm. so you can you can whip it up in a couple of minutes and you got your you got your your evening meal <laughs> or your lunch or whatever so so we've been giving him a hard time oh. that used to be macaroni and cheese for me in a box in a box yeah oh. and now he's got pastaroni pastaroni oh. and he goes crazy for pastaroni I mean he's like I don't know if you have any left in the house now do you have I got one box left I'm saving it I'm, and Oscar's even asking last night if he can. Yeah, I heard him. Yeah, if I'm going to have some of that made for when he gets home. I'm like, oh, no, dude, that's my that's my last box. I think that's I'm saving that one for just me. <laughs> you will have it till you're, till you're being world champion. We'll save it because you don't yeah, know when right. you get back. That's, yeah, that's mine. That's yeah. mine. No, I think it's got like a vouch class stamp on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, world class stamp. What is that? Vouch class. Huh? It's world class. World class. You know, everything we do, we're trying to put a world-class stamp on it, right? So, you know. That's a new thing. Yeah, it's a new <laughs> thing. And people already heard us. They've already seen that we're throwing out the world-class, badge class. Badge class, yeah. 
we have to teach all the English speaking nations that uh, you know world you can be world class or you can be vouch class yeah vouch class I don't even know if I say that right vouch class vouch class yeah vouch I think class. you do yeah vouch class. class can you say that Try. what is it vouch class vouch class yeah perfect it's like a natural yeah you are your first Swedish word we should class. have the stamp right now we could just like uh, bang. bang we could just put it right <laughs> on the forehead yeah vouch class oh yeah we should do a stamp we should do a stamp we will, we're going to stamp it. Yeah, we Just stamp it. to be continued. <laughs> to. It's to be continued. <laughs> so now you're you're here. You, you've been ripping it up. You've had all that. The opportunity of a lifetime comes out with the Speedway Nations. You also recently made a contract with Nekwe, yeah. a Swedish Alsvenskan. Wow. So he is currently waiting for all the paperwork to be processed mm-hmm. and if everything goes smooth and uh, you know the club can get it in place he's gonna be a regular rider here in Sweden in the, in the near future well that can be this season yes that that's really season. cool yeah so we're just waiting for the work permit stuff to come through and and then I'll be I'll be good to go so. congratulations thank you yeah no I'm, I'm stoked on it it's first uh, European contract that I got sealed and hope man keep my fingers crossed everything goes good with the work from it but we shouldn't have any issues over here so um it's looking like a it's looking like a go just waiting for that to come through and if it comes through in say the next week or so then of course I'm probably gonna have to hold off for another week till I'm fully fit with the shoulder and then I'll be having my first league match for the and the debut for the team that's really cool so that's moving I'm working on things in Poland too, but the injuries kind of slowed everything down at the moment. So we're oh. just kind of cruising just to see how long it's going to take for him to get back to full steam. But I don't think it'll be very long. Nah, we're we're going to let him baby the shoulder for a little while. You know, <laughs> I, I know all about shoulders, as we all know. We're just giving a hard time. We have to. Yeah. Otherwise, sympathy is not going to do him any good. No, he won't get that at our house. Not at all. No, not for me. Not from Oscar. Definitely not. Oscar's already pretty much trying to make him do push-ups and stuff. Yeah, come on, he's man up. He's not. I thought it was callous thing. <laughs> come on, Luke. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> you want to play with me? <laughs> yeah, no. Oscar's definitely probably the one of the the ones being the most hardest on me. <laughs> he just called me and said uh, something about like a Mexican. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> How to bring it up? <laughs> I don't know. What's, I don't know. That? I don't what know was what that you're about? about. I don't know what you're talking about. What? What's the next subject? <laughs> <laughs> there was something. There was something about the passport, wasn't it? They they were concerned that he looked. Uh, he didn't look like a real American. No. He looked more like he was from one of them South American countries or maybe Mexico. Yeah, I, that was I thought of too. I mean. Oh, was it that natural for you too? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nope. For all you out there, I'm I'm not Mexican. I'm uh, El Salvadorian. It's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you actually have some roots, or no? No, not from El Salvador. El Salvador, but not from. It's it's different than being from Mexico. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've been riding him hard on this, and we keep giving him a hard time. And saying, "Where are you from, man?" 
<laughs> and they introdu- introduced me as the as the little Mexican immigrant that they yeah. brought over. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he needs to change the little missile on the back of his suit to little Mexican. Oh. <laughs> People say that I look Italian or an Indian or something, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tribal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got a feather in my cap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I have wish. to find something. I mean, you have the green thing, and then we have magic. And yeah. now we have the Mexican. Yeah, we have the Mexican. He can be like, yeah, he can be a little hot tamale on the back of his suit. Or or like a hot jalapeno. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new, the brand. Andale, andale. The jalapeno. Yeah. Jalapeno. <laughs> here, here comes a little Mexican. Andale. Wala <laughs> 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 tequila. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's back to the tequila. Yeah. Right. Do you want to talk about the tequila infused bananas? No. Are you really doing that? Is that for sure? Yeah, I mean, in Sweden, it's so hot right now, so we can actually grow bananas in the backyard. Like a banana. Like one of those I saw your palm tree. trees thing. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you had one in the back. I just had one. So I also saw the bottle of Jose Cuervo tequila sitting next to the plant. Mm-hmm. That's because when I when I water the plant, I mix it up with tequila, so I have this the banana tequila mixed right in the tree. Come on, it's really cool because it's. It, you try them, look. Yeah, I tried one. What do you think? I, I didn't taste too much of a difference until you guys were telling me after I started eating it. I'm like, man, am I, are they messing with me or is this a joke or what? But it tastes like a regular banana to me. But, <laughs> but the lick on the, on the skull. On the, on the skin uh, of the uh, banana? Yeah, on the peel. On the peel. On the peel, yeah. yeah. That's what it's it? most. It's like, did I lick it? Did you lick it? <laughs> no, I didn't lick it. <laughs> he looked at me like, no, I didn't lick it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where the, where the liquor is. Really? It's in the peel. Did you pour it on the banana or do you pour it in the soil? In the soil. And then, then the peel is like taking all the, the alcohol. And the banana is just taking some taste of it. So all the alcohol is in the peel. I wish everybody so could I wish everybody listening to this podcast could see Stefan's expression <laughs> right now when he was explaining how the It's almost know. like a microphone. The, the hand yeah. gestures. <laughs> the hand gestures were. <laughs> it's a good thing this is a podcast and not a yeah you know a video blog. <laughs> We'd have a few questions. <laughs> yeah, I should have took a Snapchat of him and oh, just yeah. muted, muted the yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so we noticed the difference because after you ate the banana, you were way more relaxed. Really? Yeah. I think it's good for your shoulder too. It's like a. Holy shot of uh, healing. And actually, that was kind of the decider for me that, that he's not really a true Mexican. No, exactly, because then he should have been start dancing if he got a tequila, tequila yeah. or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he would have he asked for like salt and the lime or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I want so, salt and lime on my banana. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dude, it hurts. Oh, see, my shoulder feels fine now. Yeah. Got any more of them bananas? <laughs> Tequila banana. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, well, we're uh, we're hoping that you're going to be better 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It'll, it'll go by fast, I'm sure. What's your goal for the end of the year? Goal for the end of the year? Hmm. That's... Well, most importantly, be fit, not have any more injuries, and not put anything out that will have anything put me out of the season or anything like that. And another main goal is to, I know I got the Swedish deal lined up right now. We're in process of negotiating something in Poland and something in Denmark as well, and that's looking really positive. So I'm the main goal before coming over was trying to get hooked up in, in those three countries. And for my first season, I know it sounds like a lot for my first year being over, but I'd much rather be just tied up, just busy, and not really have any time on my hands and only having one contract and then having the other days of the week not really doing anything or anything like that. I really, I'd much rather be just slam busy than, than, uh, than not just because then that's keeping keep my mind focused and getting as much seat time as possible. So learning learning more all around and then, well, make the most money that way too on top of it. But sure. no, just everything about it. I think that's a better way to go and, and get me ready for the future and prepare me for what's to come. I have a question. You've been spending some time obviously with my mecha- my mechanics, my crew, everybody in Poland, the guys here too. And how do they, when you're there, obviously you're living in a foreign land uh, for a period right now. You're having your little base over here too. What is it like? I mean, mixing, I haven't been with you. You've been there by yourself. You know, obviously they all speak English, but suddenly you're on your own. Do you feel like, is it, a, is it hard to blend in and just kind of or stand back I keep telling you to go at it, not with tunnel vision, you know. you yeah. got to go and have everything open. And if you do that, it's, it's, uh, you have, there's so much more out there. You can learn so much more. You take it all in, and you meet a lot of cool people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how has it been? You're meeting Raf and his crew and, and um, his family. I mean, they let you stay at their place for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. He became, made jokes that you were his only only son he's got three daughters and and hasn't ever had a boy so we called it weird i was calling calling you his oldest son <laughs> and uh um, but you mixed it in there was it was it hard no i mean not not too bad i know it's just different like, where where he's staying is kind of a little bit a little bit out in the country so i was going i had this i had my own bicycle so i'd ride down i had this restaurant that was about <laughs> 10 minute ride down the street and Go go down there. I was there about almost every day that I was at his house, so they <laughs> they knew uh, they knew my face for sure. And then I found about and then there's one waiter that spoke English. All the other ones don't really speak any English. So and that was at that credence, yeah, right? In yeah, no, so I, yeah. There's a few times when that waiter wasn't there, and I'd try to order with the uh, with these people, and they I'd say something to be like nodding their head like they got it, and then they bring out something completely different. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'll just take a. Th- this place actually had burgers, so I get burgers probably most of the time I'm there. So <laughs> They're like, cool people in there too, and they have yeah. really good food, huh? Yeah, it's no, great. really good food. But no, yeah, everything about it, it's been. No, it's not been hard or anything. It's just, like you said, not not looking at it with the tunnel vision, just keeping the open mind and and just learning from it all it's it's been a really cool experience and 
being being away from home and long away from away from home and having to when you're on your own and trying to just get around it's it's a it's a different feeling it's even when I was away from you for like two weeks or so, two and a half weeks or so then when, when you came back I was like yeah dude, it feels nice to hear an American accent like in person did talking you miss to me? Me. did you really miss me <laughs> I missed you dude but <laughs> no no it was it was good it was it was good for me and um yeah like you said it's all about getting my feet wet right now and what about magic yeah got to st- spend a little bit of time with magic he's awesome dude and everybody knows i you know i have big respect for that kid you know he's uh, he's one of those guys i wish he was my kid you know uh-huh. in that way but just all around great person so he's been cool to open the door to you too huh yeah no he's been awesome and couldn't couldn't thank him enough for everything that he's been doing with me just he really makes you feel he how do you explain it he makes you feel at like at home when you're staying with them and he's he's just a real real good person good vibes to be around totally so now he's he's an awesome guy and yeah, i know everyone I've, everyone i've been around has been good people and been surrounded by awesome people and probably the best that i can so super fortunate for that and yeah i know everyone's everyone's been um treating me really good and helping me out as much as they can here anything they can help out with they've been helping me and uh <laughs> and magic's been good too because you know he's been when luke's with me you know i'm, I'm the family guy and wife and kids and and uh even though we've been here a lot before jenny and the kids came back but it's you know i have a lot going on every day doing my thing and i'm thinking man he probably wants to go out and have a good time and go meet you know all a bunch of other people that are his age and have you know, do this and that so i'm like He's gonna get so bored with me after a while. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so cool when Machik's like, dude, come stay with me. Like, at least they can go out and do, you know, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think they had a little bit of fun the other night. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he he had to pay the price for a little lack of sleep, and <laughs> I'm sure there was no hangover involved. I'm sure it was totally tired, just tired. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Thirsty. <laughs> yeah, he was just tired. Yeah. <laughs> but is it is it hard? I mean, you have the schedule is kind of massive in that way, and new country, and it's hard to find friends. Or is it? Yeah, no, it's hard just out? finding friends along the way. It's not like, I mean, we've been kind of busy doing something almost every day, and. Uh, like you said, a lot on the schedule, so it's it's more just the people you meet along the way, and yeah, I know I've been came across some pretty cool people and good people to know for the future, and um, yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. When's the next U.S. championship? That is June twenty third. And I race June sixteenth in Vetlanda, Sweden, for my uh, qualifying round for the Under Twenty One World Championship. So I'll end up heading back. I believe my flight's booked for three days after that. So I fly home on the nineteenth, and then race the twenty third for the national round. And then um, I don't have flights booked yet, but then head back out right after that. Come back over here. So that's uh, the Under Twenty One, the national round. 
and then my debut for this Swedish team right now is the big things coming up coming up on the agenda. That's right. Do you feel pretty confident for the under twenty one? Yeah. No, I mean couldn't be backed and supported by the or any more better of people with the Hancock High team and I'm gonna be teamed up with uh Bartex McTalla. Well, it's an individual race, but we're yeah. gonna be how you guys kind of are in the Under GP, yeah. Banner, huh? So we'll, um, yeah. No, I feel like I got a good chance. Of course, I don't want to say too much, as as your uh, mechanic Bobo <laughs> would always say, don't say too much. So I'm not gonna say too much, and I'm gonna for sure give it 110 percent and see see what I can walk away with. Just main main goal for right now is just to make it into the make it out of the qualifying round into the finals. That's it. That's yeah. Obviously, and everyone wants to get there, so it's he's got he has a great chance. But no matter what you have for equipment, you still have to ride it, you know. So, oh. you know, he's been riding some different stuff all the time, and we don't tell him too much, literally. And he's constantly asking questions about the bike and the the, the type of gearing and the carburation and the ignition and everything. We just said, don't worry about that. Just go, because we don't want him to get it in his head. And it's got to have this, and it's got to have that, and it's got to have this. And it's really tough to differentiate that because we also want him to have a little book uh-huh. of notes of where he's been, what tracks he's been at, and what oh. gearing and what this and what that. So we're, you know, we're telling him, you need to do this, you need to do that, but at the same time, we're not giving him all the information because <laughs> we don't want him to have too much in the head. We just want him to ride and find the lines and feel the bike and so that this is our way of, of teaching because I think a lot of the kids today, they go out there and all they have in their head is that they gotta have this gear and this carburation and this wheelbase and this ignition and all these things, otherwise they can't win. Oh, but yeah. It's like the, when, when you have to turn on and off the, the lights four times and knock your head and... Yeah. <laughs> otherwise you don't... Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's the same deal. <laughs> otherwise you can't win. Exactly. You just can't win. Huh? <laughs> so... We're keeping all the notes for him and pass it all over, but uh, we, we're always curious what kind of questions he's going to ask, and, <laughs> you know, he keeps asking it all the time, and what gear did I have on last night? I don't know. Ask Graf. Just don't ask. Ask when you get the new hamburger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's the best. I'm cause, hungry. Because <laughs> Raph will say, we had a 55 on, and then Oscar will say, no, we had a 54 on. And then I say, I'm not really sure. <laughs> he's like, Great. Perfect. <laughs> so it's pretty cool like that. Yeah, you don't see it if you look at a bike? No, you can. But no, there's just a lot that goes into it. Like I ask him <laughs> a lot of questions. Like you said, a lot of questions asking, what does this do differently? Like what what, what do you feel this does differently compared to this? And like, well, I don't want to tell you. I want you to go out and figure it out for yourself and get the feeling for it. Because like Greg said, a lot of, a lot of these riders, they just kind of only know how to go out and just ride wide open they don't really have a good like natural feeling for their bike and monkey see monkey do a lot yeah. of a lot of i mean that's just life in general if, mm-hmm. if he's got a really cool blue bmw i want that that thing's cool i want one too yeah yeah so no, it's just oh i can see all about exactly. getting a feel for it mm-hmm. i know greg's probably the king of that right now and Yes, probably one of the most feels for his bike out of a lot of riders out there. He can. I, I wouldn't call it king. I call it anal. Anal. 
I'm just anal. Like, everything's got to be this way or be that way. And yeah. if it's not, then it's like, I can't win. <laughs> yeah, like the slightest tweaks, slightest tweaks on the bars or oh, man, littlest it's... tweaks on the clutch lever. And he's, and he's like, something's wrong. Something, right, he sits on something's wrong. Something's not right. And he knows it right away. And that's like oh. Lars Larsen, the great Swedish Lars Larsen, said to me, like, I don't care if you tell me you want a ham sandwich on the gas tank. I'm going to put a ham sandwich on the gas tank if you're going to win the race. That's true. you got to have it like that. But Now, he's learning quick, and it's, like you said, you got to have a feel for the bike. If you don't have that, you know, you can't just go out there and the guy says put a 56 on the back and a, a 210 main jet and your ignition on 25 degrees and, and your wheelbase right, you know, just a little bit f- forward from the middle, and that's perfect. And you go, put, maybe you do that, you put it in your head, you go out and you win one heat. And then the next heat, you miss the start completely and you're at the back and you're thinking, what the heck happened there? Well, what jet did you have? And then they start, oh, maybe it was the jet. So then they go change the jet. Well, the rider can make a mistake too. Yeah, of It's course, not yeah. all in the bike. Most of these guys have it in their head. It's just in the bike. If they don't have the engine working, they can't win. But oh. there's a lot you can do with the bike. And sometimes you get on the track and you realize, oh, maybe we've made the wrong change here. And you can do a practice start and you're thinking, oh, that was not what I was expecting. You should never expect. Exactly. <laughs> never like expect. You only get let down. Yeah, I know how to like pinpoint what the problem is. There's so much that goes into it. And if you have the actual feel for everything, then you never want to be in the in the stage where you come in from a race and you don't know what to change. It's not it's not right, but you don't know what to change because you don't, you, there's so much that goes in and you don't know what would benefit and what would help it. And then when you're able to come in and right away know what what you need to do differently and at the least slightest tweaks and it, it's a combination of everything that makes it work but experience the slightest tweaks here and there on all these little things like jets and wheelbase and ignition and but do you know that everything okay. about it can you go back to the mechanics and say that we need to change this thing or do you say that i have this feeling and you have to fix it i used to get so involved with my equipment and so involved with my engines and so involved with my carburetors and everything that I do this, do this, do this, do this. And in one way it's good because if I say do that and it doesn't work, yeah. I'm the only one who can blame myself. But now that the these days, the crew that I have, they know me better than I know myself much of the time. And the engine combinations, I don't want to know too much. I want to ride the bike and I want to express my feeling. Mm-hmm. So my my expression from what they see on the track and they put them together, they make the adjustments. And a lot of times, you know, we shoot from the hip (laughs) and it works. Mm -hmm. There's Speedway is really, really backwards in so many ways. So when it comes, you're dealing with wheel spin on the back tire. I think we've talked about this once or twice before, but you're dealing with wheel spin and then you got weather conditions, you got track conditions, you got the guy who's watering the track, you've got how you're sitting on the bike on the day. If you put all these, the weather conditions, you set the carburation up for the weather and you shut the ignition up for the weather or the track and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't always mean it's going to work that way because the track changes every lap. And on a hot t- summer day, it's really wet when you go out and you do a couple of laps and the next heat you come out and it's dry and it's dusty and everything you did to compensate for the last heat, if you're not making those compensations for the next heat here and there, you might find yourself chasing your own tail. So it's really hard to say 
that there's <laughs> really specific proof that this works or that works. So you have to ride with the feeling. That's why I'm so hard with him to, you've got to feel the bike. You've got to understand what it's doing because it doesn't matter if you take two teeth off the back sprocket. It might lug the engine down a little bit, but once the engine starts to spin that small sprocket, it's really hard to stop it. So you have to, your throttle is, your throttle control is what controls the wheel spin. So you have to ride the bike a little bit and I like to ex just explain my feelings to the guys. And many times I come in, I can say right away, no, we have to drop one tooth or two teeth, or that jet change that you did, or that ignition change that you did, I can feel it. You've killed the power completely, or it's way too much power. You have to calm it down. Oh, that can happen. That can happen. Hmm. And it's and that happens a lot. And that part, I, I, I think that I'm pretty good at to explain what I, what I like. Hmm. All I know is that if something isn't right, I come in and say, this something's missing, or there's a vibration, or I don't know what's wrong with the clutch, but it's not hitting the way it did, or there's some slack, or it's not always just the case that I miss the jump, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And that's why I miss the jump, because something is not right. If I miss the jump myself, I come in, it was me. I'm always honest that mm -hmm. I screwed up. But sometimes when I didn't screw up and I still missed it, I'm like, something's not right. That's why I missed it. All right. And they just said, it's you. <laughs> Always. Your head's not right. You're <laughs> anal. <laughs> or you're getting old. Yeah, I'm getting old. That's what it is now. That's what I said to him in Prague, too. I'm like, am I crazy? Or do we have a clutch problem? Hmm. They said, maybe you just had a bad day. Okay. All right, go for that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I had a bad day, or am I crazy, or did I have a clutch problem? <laughs> so we went away with that one. Oh, that's cool. Talking about getting old. We have to congratulations, Greg, this Sunday. Yes. Just one more. Are you saying I'm getting old? No, 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 no. You just, just said talking about getting old. Talking about getting... I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did say you are getting old. Uh, yeah. And you will always be older than me. <laughs> I mean, I'll be older than you. Yeah. At least on the numbers. Yeah, but <laughs> I got you. I got you on the numbers. And Raphael, hi, my crew chief here, mm -hmm. turns 40 as we were recording this podcast. No, it is today. Today. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy, Happy birthday, dear Rafi. Happy birthday to you. Stolot, Stolot. <laughs> ah, stop right there. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's cool. Luke, thanks again, buddy, for joining us. You're a three-timer. No, thank you. It's an honor to be on the show again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We'll be watching you. We'll be backing you. We'll be uh, grilling you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool to have you here in Sweden. Yeah. It's to, really cool. to do the podcast. Yeah. You got to come back again. Don't yeah. stay away from Sweden too long. I'm sure. I'm sure you guys will see me around. That's good. Well, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Greg Hancock. I'm Stephen Renell. Thanks for listening. Yeah. You guys. And check us out. Yeah, Social maybe. media at real 45 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and uh, make sure to follow us and leave us a comment.
Are we going to make a new intro soon? Probably. Okay. I didn't think that Luke had a great voice, so... That's Jack Holder. That's on Jack Holder. We're still waiting for him, huh? Yeah, we're still waiting for yeah, him. Yeah, that's good. That was a good one. Jack Holder. <laughs> we're calling him out. From now on, <laughs> maybe we should just just tag him now in the hashtag, who is Jack Holder? I mean, maybe he's just full of it. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he totally just blew us off. He did. Jack Holder. <laughs> he should have been a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! <See ya. laughs>